George Floyd's murder triggered one of the greatest human rights movements the world has ever seen. From being on the ground to using one's voice, there were so many ways to stand up for what was right as people from all walks of life came together to acknowledge Black lives and protest police brutality. In today's episode, I'm joined by Scorpion November, a member of the Working Wall Black community, as we talk about the moment that we decided to use our voice to do something when the world was on fire. All right, we are live. Pew, 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 pew. Um, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, so this is kind of part two of the New Growth series. Uh, we're speaking to people about the concept of new growth. I love new growth and just hearing about people's experiences, what they're going through right now. Last time I had Will, who's here in the fan base room again, but as a um, a audience member this time and our main guest is scorpion november scorpion how you doing hey y'all i'm doing awesome i'm um, excited to have this conversation i'm excited to too. be on your podcast <laughs> yeah yeah and last time i didn't give will a chance to introduce himself so i'm gonna give you the chance uh can you tell people <laughs> who you are what you do and how you feeling right now uh, my name is Scorpion November. I am a podcaster. I love to say that I am a serial podcaster. At this moment, I have three podcasts and one in the work. Smart Mouth Scorpio podcast, If It Is In Love podcast, and The Fix podcast. And I am feeling awesome. I'm feeling really good. And then there's a boo-boo, Will. I'm special. I get to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will, Will got the privilege of being part of the test phase, so you know you don't have no, all the <laughs> um, But yeah, <laughs> man, three podcasts. You know what's funny? I'm actually like so. There's like 1.5 other shows that I'm like thinking of, but I'm like low key, high key nervous just to start it because I know how easy it is to stop. Man. How long have you had three podcasts? Well, initially, I started podcasting in 2017, and I had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely no idea. And that was Smart Mouth Scorpio podcast. That is my baby. I will probably have that podcast forever, whether I take a hiatus here and there or not. But that is my baby. And I just started, didn't know what I was doing, was trying to cover everything in that podcast. I was talking about politics, news, television shows, everything. And it's a solo podcast. So I was just covering it all in one podcast. And I was getting overloaded because I was trying to record like several episodes in a week at one time, like at least two, two episodes in a week at one point. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to keep up with everyone else and what everyone else was doing. And that wasn't my judge. That didn't work for me. I said, I was thinking, I was like, okay, you, you have a lot of interest, mm-hmm. but you want to refine that a little bit and just cut it down. How about you create another podcast that where you share your interests of reality television and television shows and movies? I love movies and television. And so I was like, why don't you just do that? And so the Fix podcast was created out of that. And if I'm not mistaken, I created that podcast in 2018. 2018? 2018, the fixed podcast, right? And then I was still trying to do the two, and I didn't quite figure out how. Now, now, mind you, 
I'm an office manager. That 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 is how I was making my bread and butter as an office manager. So I knew how to organize, but I wasn't applying that to the podcasting space. And so I was getting overwhelmed. And then I lost interest in some of the shows. And instead of picking up other shows, I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I have, what if I'm not supposed to be podcasting? What if this is not my thing? But when I would take a hiatus, I would get sad and I would feel unfulfilled. So I, and then I was like, well, you love talking about love and relationships. Why not start If It Is In Love podcast? So I started If It Is In Love in 2000 and. Is it 19 or 20? One of those two. Can't quite remember. And so I started that. And then I wanted to do them all at the same time. So I was like, okay, you know what? Scorpion, you have to apply what you know to make this work for you. You love podcasting. This is what you want to do. Apply it to what you know. Make it work for you. And so I apply my organizational skills there. I'm a very organized person. So if it does, so when I start to get you know, overwhelmed or something, I'm like, okay, that's because you're not organizing something correctly. And so once I got the organization under control and realized that I could apply what I knew professionally to what I was doing in the podcast space, it started to streamline itself. It started to work out better for me. So I've been podcasting since 2017, but consistently since 2020, because I will be honest here. In the early part of 2020, when the pandemic happened, and I live in Minneapolis, and when the murder of George Floyd happened, I got stuck, mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally stuck, and I couldn't communicate on the po- in the co- podcast space. I couldn't express how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I kept a lot of those feelings bottled up inside. And if you go back to um, the... Um, Smart Mouth Scorpio podcast, there's an episode that I released that is titled Overwhelmed. That is the only episode that I released on any platform for months. And I just simply got on there and just said how overwhelmed I was because I was extremely overwhelmed. I couldn't think there was a mental block there that wouldn't let me just talk about it and to even allow me to enjoy anything else. It was a pandemic. So I had I have people in my family that are extremely immune compromised. There was the murder of this black man. I felt fear for people in my family, for myself, for my child. All of that combined. That's just that's just the base level of it. I couldn't talk about it. Right. However, in towards the latter part of 2020, I was like, you have to, you have to make your stuff start talking. You have to do the work. And you ha- that's what you that's what you love to do. I have a passion for podcasting. That is my passion. That is my love. I could talk about it all day long for hours and hours and hours. And so I was like, just do it. And so I started back again and I've been consistent since. Yeah, last year was actually really interesting. Um, I, I kind of I think that was like my first hiatus since I went live with my podcast. I went live in May 2020 and actually had started in 2017 so it's crazy that you said that but I I don't think I was as advanced or as far as ahead as you were especially because I hadn't even like published an episode I was just trying still trying to figure out like what this all even was but I finally got the courage to be like all right I'm gonna launch this see what happens and then boom I was good and then the George Floyd stuff happened I was like what is happening man I was just like kind of lost and confused for a second 
maybe not confused, but I think what you said, overwhelmed. And I ended up releasing an episode called Fed Up. And after that, kind of got back into the swing of things, but um, it was still kind of like odd. But I'm kind of curious, like right now, it's like, it's not really the same thing, but the extension, I guess, of what's happening and what's been happening. Um, so do you feel any of those similar feelings from back then as far as feeling overwhelmed? Actually, it's funny that you should ask me that because on the day that the verdict was read, as we all know, the verdict has been read and he was found, um, um, the Chauvin guy, he was um, found guilty on all counts, right? And I hosted a room here on Fanbase to offer support for everyone, you know, to, to to express how you're feeling and to feel how you feel and to just talk about it. And at the moment that the verdict was read, I felt completely numb. I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel jubilant. I didn't feel joy. I didn't feel I didn't feel anything I couldn't feel. And all I could say is that I felt numb. I felt completely numb and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even articulate why I felt so numb. It's just that that was the feeling. However, probably an hour or less than an hour or so after that room ended, I went on Instagram and I saw a post by Sean King about the Micaiah, about Micaiah. The girl, the 15-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl that was killed in Ohio by the police officer. And I kid you not, I looked at, I, there was a photo or a video, I can't remember if it was a video, I think it was a video of the young lady laying there on the ground. And all I could see was her pants and her crocs. And I burst into tears. The floodgates opened. I cried, I cried, I cried, guttural cries, just guttural cries, because all I could see in that moment was my own 16-year-old. She had the same shoes as my daughter. She, from, from that, from the jeans down, that was my kid. That was my kid. And all I could do was think, oh my gosh, that could be my kid. And I just cried. I just cried for the rest of the night. I cried. And it, 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 it inspired my first recording for my new podcast that I'm dropping. I recorded that. I don't know if I'm going to release it. I don't know. Because it was purely emotional. So I don't feel numbness. Right now what I feel is a sense of urgency. Urgency to fix things. And I can't and I know that I'm not able to fix it, but I feel that urgency to do so and to use my voice in a way to even talk about it. I realize that everyone's not foot soldiers. Everyone's everyone can't donate money. Everyone can't be on social media. Everyone can't write about it. Everyone, you know, but there's there's space for you somewhere in those things. And I have to solidify my space and use my voice to do the best that I can do to bring awareness and to initiate some type of change. Yeah. Do you feel it's kind of interesting? And so I remember right when COVID was like for real, for real, like everyone's like, Oh, okay. It's like happening, happening. Everything was shut down. 
Um, I was actually about to release my podcast. I had found a place I was about to set up a podcast studio here in Atlanta. It was going to be really dope. I had people going to film it and everything, help me like promote it and all sorts of stuff. And then the pandemic happened. Everyone was kind of shut down. And I remember um, thinking to myself, who cares about hair discrimination right now? People are dying from some invisible disease. And it didn't feel like it was right to put anything out at all. Um, but then eventually, you know, of course, it was, it was a number of things. One, it just kept on happening, kept going. The pandemic wasn't ending anytime soon. And also it's like, all right, I have all this time. Let me just do it. Let me just put me first. Um, now, this, of course, is completely separate and actually kind of feel what the things you're saying, like a, the, the kind of the urgency to do something, to say something. I'm kind of curious, um, especially because you mentioned and it seems like each time you felt a certain passion, you decided, all right, I'm going to go ahead and start this new show. I'm going to tackle this or uh, not tackle this, but to do this, create this and everything like that. Do you feel that with the urgency to do something that you need to put what you're already working on, the things you're already doing aside or on hold? No, in this moment right now, no, I don't. I feel all of that is needed. I believe, I believe a healthy sense of escapism and not in taking a break from things is okay sometimes. I practice escapism when I don't want to, when I need a break from something, when I need time to just decompress. So some of my other podcasts and some of the things that I talk about on there provide that sense of escapism and just provide some sense of normalcy for people you know, what they want to be normal anyway. And so I don't feel that. I feel like there's space for all of it. I think it's all needed. And what I, and I don't take what I do lightly on any of my podcasts. None of it is light. It's all a space for it. And it's all important to me and other people that listen to me. So I don't want to diminish any of what I'm doing. However, I would be remiss if I didn't realize the priority of the situation we're in right now though that takes a priority in the sense of it takes a lot of my mental space my and my and my emotional space now am i the person that's out there uh 24 7 on the ground no that's not my space that's not my lane am i the person that you will see post about it sometimes yes am i the person that will be having conversations with people that i interact with about this Yes. Am I the person that will be recording some podcast episodes about this? Yes. That is my space. That is my lane. Am I the person that donates to some things? Yes. That is my space. That is my lane. That is my sense of activism. Hmm. I feel and I, it, so I don't right now, I don't feel that, that where I'm so overwhelmed that I can't speak. I don't have that anymore. I don't know if working through that, that what happened last year helped me in this time right now to be able to to work through it and to see a purpose in it and to realize I have bigger goals and I've taken on this passion and saying I'm going full ahead with with this in the podcasting space and what I do and take podcasting to another level for myself maybe that's why I haven't shut down I don't know I can't I, I can't answer that question other than to say, I don't feel that right now where I can't speak. Mm. I feel like I must speak 
whether it's in the podcasting space or otherwise. We have more influence than we think. Yeah, you and I may not be able to stop every injustice that ever happens, but our voice is powerful. Take Ahmaud Arbery's case, for example. Before that video of those men hunting him down hit social media, there was little to no activity going on on that case. His killers were at home eating dinner with their families. But as soon as that video hit social media and we saw that disgusting act of racism take place, we said something about it. And we didn't stop. It didn't work for Breonna Taylor, but it did for Ahmad. You know, most of my life, I felt like there was nothing I could do to change the world. And in a way, I was right. But that's because I had a flawed perspective on what it meant to change the world. We, we all know that one saying that goes, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Well. It's a beautiful message, but I think I misinterpreted it. In fact, we have an unhealthy idea that to change the world, we literally have to change it all at once and convince everyone in the world to join us in that change. But there are 7.7 billion people in the world. That's 133 more times than um, uh, Doja Cat's monthly Spotify listeners. And that's a lot for one person to do, but I'm starting to have a new understanding on how change can happen. It, um, it actually reminds me of a lesson that Matt Cross from Surf Church once shared with me. It was something along the lines of the only expectation you should have of yourself is to become 1% better every day. We always set out to be the best that we can be. And for some reason, we expect it all to happen immediately, whether it's checking for a six pack after one session in the gym or publishing one podcast episode inspecting um, millions of podcast listens or expecting all white people to stop being racist after one conversation. These expectations we have for complete change is flawed. There's no magic formula, action, or behavior to get exactly what we want the way we want it. And as I hear myself saying this, I, I know it sounds depressing, but I'm still filled with hope because I don't expect change. I, I guess I don't really expect to change the world all at once anymore, but I do know that I can make a difference. I think I had the mindset that it only takes one person to change the world because we, we always celebrate our leaders who sacrifice everything and ended up impacting the way we live as we should. But my point is, um, we have a bad habit of looking at history like we do sports highlights by only focusing on the big things that happen. You know, we know that Martin Luther King Jr. fought to hold the U.S. government accountable for guaranteeing complete, um, complete equality for African-American citizens. But he didn't do that by just being the change. Uh, Stacey Abrams. She had a major influence on the 2020 presidential elections, but she didn't do that by just being the change. Patrice Con Colors forced the world to acknowledge black lives, but she didn't do that by just being the change. And it definitely did not happen overnight. 
these leaders changed the world, but they did that by not convincing everyone to change, but they they used their voices to make a difference in people's lives and that inspired the world to change. So as I continue on my journey uh, to change the world, because let me be clear, I still have a vision of a world I want us to live in, but my goal is to make a difference by creating support systems for people working while black and really leading 1% of the people who hear my voice to new growth. Now, I want to shout out a few people that I see making a 1% difference in the world. First up is Scorpion November, our guest in today's podcast episode. Um, as you heard, she is using her voice to bring awareness to social issues and curate spaces for Black people to be their unapologetic selves. Up next is Michelle Gomez, founder of the African American Marketing Association, a nonprofit focused on supporting and empowering Black marketers in their career and entrepreneurship journey. Next is Vanity Reed Dieterville. She's a programs director for a gender resource advocacy and support program for the LGBTQIA community. Up next is BJ Council, who is focusing on creating peaceful relationships between the police and the Black community. And last but not least, I want to shout out Justin Dawes, who has literally sacrificed his own enrollment in law school by going out on the streets to protest our country's injustices. Felt moved to shout them out because it's important to acknowledge and support the people next to you who are using their voice to make a 1% difference in the world. And with that being said, I want to hear from you. What's the change that you want to see in the world? And uh, I'm not playing. Tell me right now, uh, right here in the comments, a DM, uh, send an email. If you go to bossloxmedia.com, our episode pages have a comment section and a way to leave a voice message as well. Anyways, I really want to help where I can. In fact, I'm challenging you to let me know what change you want to see in the world. And maybe together we can find a way for us all to make a difference. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, I'm not even going to ask you to make sure you're following us on all the podcast platforms, on social media. I literally just want you to let me know what change you'd like to see, because it doesn't take much to make a difference. All you need is the, the urgency to use your voice. Thanks again for listening to Boss Logs. It's great to talk to you again, and I can't wait to hear what difference you would like to make. Thanks and talk to you soon.